Hello and welcome to PUMP, the inside podcast by Schwalbe. I'm your host Tobias Wogon and I'm talking with Schwalbe athletes from different disciplines, from downhill to cross country and from road riding to triathlon. And this week we're talking to Noga Karim. The EWS racer from Israel showed up on the Enduro World Series stage a couple of years ago after racing downhill and cross country her entire life. Last year, she finished as the second fastest woman in the world. How she achieved this goal and what's up at the moment, you will find out at this episode of Pumped. Hey Noga, where are you and how are you at the moment? So I'm at home. Uh, I, I live in a small village where I grew up. I have a little house next to my parents' uh, house. Um, I'm okay uh, trying to deal with the corona uh, life, I would say. Uh, for the past months I was not allowed to... Well, in Israel, it was not allowed to, to be outside uh, farther than 500 meters away from home, also for sport. So I've been a little bit depressed uh, without riding outside, uh, just indoor. Uh, but other than that, everything is good. So that means you're living in the, in the small village right now. So you're not living in Tel Aviv anymore, yeah. right? So Yeah, true. Yeah. I was uh, living a bit in the center and now I live in a small village. So it's, uh, yeah, like a, a forest in uh, around me and, and it's really, it's really nice. Uh, but I don't have like uh, many places to ride from here. I need to drive with the car. So I could not cheat a lot and go riding. <laughs> <laughs> so... In November 2018, I, I visited you in Israel for a week of photo shooting. Um, since then, a lot changed for you. So you become from a top five rider to a podium rider. And you finished the last EWS season um, as the second fastest woman in the world. So how did that change? Mm -hmm. um, well, it's, it's a good question. Um, First, yeah, I'm pretty new in enduro, but I've been racing cross country for about 10 years internationally. So I think that helped me a lot. And it's basically I needed to kind of to adapt to enduro and to learn, yeah, a lot about the material because apparently it's very important. And I thought it's more just for a keyboard warrior and then I figure out it's actually important to know everything about your bike <laughs> and the suspension setup and the right tires and and yeah I just learned a lot from my old mistakes and thanks a lot thanks to a lot of the girls that taught me a lot and yeah basically I just saw that I have the potential and I I guess I believed in myself a little bit more and just thought that if I work hard, I can actually be on the podium. Uh, I didn't know if it will be possible, but it was definitely my goal for 2019 to to finish the year on the EWS podium. So I'm super stoked I made it. Yeah, so it's pretty cool to see that all the work you put into the sports 
finally pays off because yeah you told me what what you're training and and, and what you're doing and um yeah you you put a lot a lot in the sport so really happy that um that you're now one of the best riders definitely so um going yeah, back to a lot. going back to the childhood you already told us that you used to um race cross country but you started with downhill right Yeah, true. So actually, when I, I grew up, I was living here in the same village that I'm now. And uh, a guy from Jerusalem came to the village and built some jumps. And he had like cool bikes with disc brakes and big uh, front suspension. And I was really cool to watch all the kids. We loved it. And uh, then we saw him doing the jumps and we wanted to try as well. And this guy became my coach uh, for about 10 years. And yeah, in the beginning, I loved the jumps, the extreme. I always liked the adrenaline uh, as a kid. And I was definitely more into the extreme part of the sport. So yeah, jumps, downhill and yeah, whatever you can imagine. Uh, but in Israel, it doesn't really exist. And uh, yeah, I also liked to ride uh, back then also cross country and road. So Uh, eventually, I would say, in a way, my coach kind of convinced me and all the system around me, especially my parents that didn't want me to get injured with downhill, uh, <laughs> they kind of convinced me to focus a bit more in cross country. And there is obviously more support, as I guess everyone knows, uh, in an Olympic sport other than non-Olympic sport. Um, so, yeah, I just uh, decided to to listen to everyone and just, yeah, I went for uh, cross country and started to race abroad since I was seventeen. Uh, and yeah, but actually I, I always had the, I would say the bigger passion for downhill or back then there was four cross. So I always, yeah, my first world champs in Val di Sol in 2008. I was like training on the cross country track, but then always watching for the downy riders and <laughs> riding on the four cross track. And yeah, but it was kind of not allowed to, to, to do that because it was like too dangerous. So yeah, it was always a big part of my, of my heart for sure. And, um, so you have all the skills from downhill and the fitness from cross country racing, and now you moved to enduro. Yeah. Why do you move to Enduro and is all your your background you have, is, is that um, supporting Enduro? Um, <clears throat> I think most of the skills, well, I, as I said, I always liked more the, the extreme part of the sport. So even with the cross-country bike, I always used to go, yeah, to do some jumps and to... Uh, yeah, to go a little bit more than just a normal cross-country ride. And I think more than than back then when I used to ride downhill when I was like 14 or 15, I think that riding on the cross-country bike uh, with 80 millimeter uh, in front, I think it gave me a lot of skills that uh, now I use in enduro. And I think also the way I used to train, And yeah, you learn how to suffer. You learn that 
even if you hurt, you can ride a lot more. And it just, I would say training cross country taught me a lot about myself, about my body, about what I can do, about, yeah, which mistakes not to do anymore, like overtraining and uh, to learn my limits, I would say. Um, so definitely, I, I would say that cross country gave me a lot of tools that, yeah, thanks to them, I got to where I got in enduro now. So when you're thinking of Israel, you think about a desert country. But is that where you train or do you have other places where you normally go riding? Yeah, so normally I go riding in the desert maybe three times a year. Uh, one when my EWS friends are coming or like some tourists, that uh, friends that I like to show them around. So it's always really cool for European people to see the desert. Uh, but other than that, I maybe I go one time a year with some friends for the... A uh, well-known sugar trail, and there is another trail next to it. But uh, yeah, other than that, I do uh, a race called Samarathon, which is a nice, uh, cool XC stage race. Uh, so I really like it to see all the people and really nice trails. But yeah, honestly, other than that, I'm mainly riding in the. Um, uh oh, I think. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. Okay, it's back. It's back. Sorry, it's back. <laughs> it's back, technical passage, but it's all good. Okay. Now it works. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, so other than that, I'm mainly riding in, in the north. So it's actually, it looks, I would say like finale. Um, it's actually had trees. There is no camels. Uh, so it's about 50, 50% is a desert in Israel and the other 50% is... Uh, you have like Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, uh, you have super nice beaches and actual forest. So it's not a desert country as you would imagine. And I would definitely, that's one of my life goals to to change that uh, image about Israel. <laughs> yeah, when, when we've been <laughs> riding together two years ago, um, yeah, we... We've been riding the the sugar trail, and then we we headed south. But you always try to convince us to go north to the to the forest. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, because I I think it's it's wrong to see only one part of Israel, and I think the desert become a lot more interesting uh, when you go from the north to the desert or the opposite. Yeah. Because then you get a perspective and you you see that well in in one hand it's like desert nothing yeah like no uh, villages almost and obviously the super cool dead sea and it just it's almost like a different country uh when you when you pass uh a certain point and then you go a little bit north and then it's it's a different country like everything is green well obviously it depends in in august maybe not everything is green everything is a little bit more yellow but um i think that's what makes israel so special the uh the differences between the the more north part and the south yeah. i would say so um how is the the riding in israel i mean in the north it's pretty pretty flat 
or a lot of like the sugar trail is pretty flat <coughs> but how is how are the trails where where you're from yeah so the the sugar trail is more in the south so it's like south of the jerusalem um and from there on uh from there more to the south direction sorry for my uh, not great english uh so uh it it become it's i would say more flat you have some um I don't know if I can call it mountains, but the little <laughs> hills or mountains. Um, and then in the north, as uh, when you go more to the north or like if the northest point, then you even have a little mountain for ski that it opened few months a year, like two, three months a year. Um, and where I live is 800 meters, 850 meters okay. above sea level. So it's it's a nice, yeah. For us, it's a mountain. I guess uh, for Switzerland, it's a hill. Yeah. But yeah, for us, it's a mountain. And normally, once a year, it's uh, snowing here uh, where I live. Um, yeah, but other than that, it's maybe a little bit uh, sh uh, yeah, uh, lower uh, mountains. Um, but you have quite a bit of these. So you don't have anywhere that you can go like 20 minutes downhill but you have like so main mainly the single tracks in the north would be like two minutes three minutes maximum mm -hmm. um so that would be pretty much the maximum uh but actually in 2019 uh we got a until now it was only allowed if we go on the trails uh it was only allowed to build Uh, cross-country trails and the company who owns all the forest in Israel um, is really pushing for uh, mountain biking and they've been doing they've been building about 3,000 kilometers of single tracks Whoa. Uh, all over the country yeah and they are super fun to ride uh, actually this off season I had a mission to do as many as I can but then <laughs> corona surprised us yeah so I still hope I can do it uh, start from next week. Um, and it's, it's yeah, it's super fun, but it's nothing extreme. It's like most of them my mom is doing. Uh, so it's super cool. No to disrespect to my mom. She's a badass, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so actually last year we got a permission to build some enduro trails and uh, And it was like a big project. It took us like one and a half year to make it happen. And now there is like five minute uh, trail that it's like an enduro trail, especially. Uh, yeah, it's like really good for racing. And that's uh, like a very new project that me and two of my partners uh, managed to to promote. So it, it was really cool to see it that sounds pretty cool so but how comes that um israel is so much into mountain biking is there a, a big mountain bike community well yeah actually actually there is i guess nobody will imagine uh that wins anita and caro from switzerland they were here uh this winter just before the corona arrived like in beginning of february i guess and They were super surprised. So they were in the marathon race in the desert, mm -hmm. a marathon. And then they came to my place in the north and they were super surprised to see how many people and 
like the bike shops that everything is so modern and uh, well in Israel I guess a lot of the riders watch a lot of YouTubes and they are like big super fans of so many riders and <laughs> they know how how it is in Europe and a lot of them are going to Morzin in summer so if you hear the weird language when you go to Morzin it's it's probably Hebrew because <laughs> there is like ha- hundreds of people going there in summer so um yeah I, I would say that yeah, the community is getting bigger every year there is yeah I don't know with the exact number but there is thousands who's riding um but I would say more on the amateur level and not many that trying their luck in in Europe and racing and trying to get to the next level yeah in Israel everyone has to go to the army Did that change anything True. for you or did it uh, even help you helps you to become the person you are today? Um, well, I w- yeah, definitely uh, everyone in Israel has to go to the army. So women has to go for when I was in the army, I had to go for two years and the boys for three. Uh, it definitely had an impact on, of my, on my life. Uh, When I joined the army, I was uh, fifth in the world in cross country. I just finished uh, the world champs in Canberra in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a month later, I, a month or two months later, I joined the army. Uh, so it be- start with one and a half months training. So you learn how to shoot the weapon. You sleep there. Uh, you clean the kitchen. And yeah, almost as you see in the, uh, on Netflix. Um so I used to do that. Uh, I, I did that for one and a half months. And then I was in in certain base pretty far away from home. Uh, so pretty much the rules is you have to go for six hours a day, five days a week. Uh, if you have the special condition as an athlete. So you have to qualify to be an athlete in the army. So only like two or three Uh, athletes a year from cycling get it mm-hmm. so uh, because my uh, performance I could I could be an athlete uh, so I could still race abroad and I could still train but it was pretty hard to to combine it with um, with this yeah it's basically like a full-time job that you have to combine uh, with training and back then I was well I was super ambitious, ambitious and really had goals for every year I was racing under 23 and I had super hard time um, to combine the training together with the army. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually I had overtraining since I was training before the army early in the morning like 5 a.m. Yeah. Went straight to the army being there and then did another training in the afternoon And I was not smart enough to to understand the impact of all that. So I just hurt myself, I would say. And um, and yeah, uh, I paid the price. So uh, yeah, since then it, it's been kind of a roller coaster, and it was hard to to be back to to the feeling that I had before. Um, so I think it did had a big impact of my career and my life uh, but I think I, I also it's uh, thanks or because of my mistakes uh, that I maybe wanted too much to be the best 
and didn't listen to my body yeah. or yeah didn't took uh, didn't thought about that much okay so you already told us that there are not really big mountains in Israel that means if you like mm -hmm. to ride bigger mountains and going to the Alps you always have to fly from Tel Aviv airport which is basically True. A nightmare flying from this airport because it's so <laughs> it's so busy with the um, pass controls and and everything the security stuff. Um, do you have any shortcuts figured out, or do you have to wait with everything else uh, with anyone else? Um, well, there is few strategies. I'm going to tell you that. Don't tell anyone I told you. So first, you have to be very clumsy with the bike. So if you put the bike on the trailer and you're super clumsy and you try to go in the line, but the bike is too wide, then normally someone will say, hey, it's okay, you can go from the side and then you skip all the line. <laughs> so in Israel, it always works. Sometimes it works in other countries. Um, yeah, so actually, if you go to Israel, since we are uh, basically, uh, yeah, the only... Uh, I would say Jewish country in the world. Um, so we have a lot of enemies around us. So it's not a, it's not dangerous to be here. You can you can say as a German person who's been in Israel, uh, I guess you can you can tell it's not a dangerous place. Definitely, or I guess yeah. you never felt any yeah you never felt in risk or anything like that, right? No. Yeah. So um, so I think the security in the airport is like. Well, my friends that used to work there in the security say it's like the safest place in the world because there is no chance anyone can go there and do something because it's super protected. So, uh, yeah, the the bad thing about it that the security takes a little bit longer. So if you fly to Tel Aviv uh, before you go to the gate, there is like a little um, security check. If they, they ask you if you got anything, basically, if you're a terrorist, if you're not a terrorist, then it's no, not a problem. Uh, <laughs> if you're a terrorist, it might be a little bit hard for you to, to pass the, the control. Uh. Um, yeah, and then, then you get to Tel Aviv, everything is easy. Uh, the problem is normally to go out with a bike. So Israel doesn't have the big machine to scan the bike. So a lot of times you need to take everything apart and then it takes... A lot of time, I was actually in a meetings with the Ministry of Tourism, trying to explain them that it's really, really bad if they try to promote mountain biking in Israel. And they understood, and hopefully they'll have this machine in one point. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the the disadvantage of coming to Israel. You need to know that you need to come three hours before to the airport when you go from Israel back to your place. Yeah. And are you <laughs> flying uh, back to Israel after every race or are you staying in, in Europe? Um, it, it really depends. Um, last year I was in Europe for about three or four months in a row. Um, and it was good, but then in one point you, you really miss, well, I really miss home. Mm -hmm. uh, so I tried to find the compromise of home and I would say professional life because yeah what I learned over the years that if you want to be good for the long term you have to be balanced and if uh, yeah you need to be happy so I'm, I'm just trying to find the best combination so I know that I need to be 
at least a week before like yeah if i haven't been racing for a while i need minimum a week to get back to uh to the real enduro um life so i need to be able to ride like 20 minutes downhill which i don't have it in israel so i need to do at least two three rides like that before mm-hmm. a race so obviously now after the corona i would like to be at least a week or two before the first ews in europe so i can kind of remember how to ride long runs and to stay focused and all that <laughs> um yeah but i really like my family and friends so i'm always trying to find the compromise like yeah to to see them and and to be my, with my boyfriend at home and not to be too much time away in a row so it's always a a game to like a puzzle to try to to figure out the best way of staying happy and see home sometimes and also be fit uh for racing yeah yeah i think sometimes it's a it's a pretty big challenge to to manage your your year and all your training and races right to be as happy as possible yeah definitely definitely so the first two races should have yeah. been by now how fit did you <laughs> true how fit did you came into the season well um i had like probably since finale last year i already was talking to my coach natalie schneider uh and we kind of started to plan uh back to training in november uh eventually i was organizing a race and all that so i started training in uh the end of november and then i was building up pretty good shape um and our plan was to go uh to kind of do a big block in the beginning of february mm-hmm. uh and then i had a fox testing with the team so i was supposed to be in like super good shape for the first two races yeah um but then <laughs> the drama was uh i was uh, riding with uh, natalie my coach and another friend jay in la palma and i had a massive crash crashed into a iron bar um somehow i have no idea i had a big concussion so i don't remember anything uh but yeah i had a big concussion out of it and i had to rest for about two weeks with no bike at all and i could it took me some time to to go back to pedaling and build up my confidence uh i managed to go back uh riding for uh for the fox testing uh but there was like super scary for me to do these big tra- trails and super steep and it was wet obviously because i was so lucky <laughs> so it was basically four four days of uh wet routes and uh steep stuff that also i don't have here um so it was a big struggle but at the last day i would say i i was I felt like I'm almost back to to where I were in before my crash, I would say. So um yeah, my downhill fit fitness was was uh good, I would say, not best, mm-hmm. but good, uh but my fitness um overall fitness was really really bad after the crash. Um because yeah i don't i don't know how but apparently the the concussion probably had a bigger impact 
than I thought. Yeah. So although I was in a really good fitness before, it and I only had like two weeks with no training at all. So it felt like I didn't train for like almost one and a half months. So it was definitely a bigger impact than I thought. So in that way, I need to thank Corona that gave me a little bit more time to prepare for the season. But now I'm ready for it to end and to actually have a season. So do, <laughs> do, do you feel um, 100% now? Um, well, if you ask like about my head and all that, uh, like from the injury, yes, I feel I feel good. I still, um, maybe I'm a little bit more tired than usual, but it's hard to say because also it's the, like with the corona, everything is different. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the only thing that I still need to work on is the is my confidence because it's it's really hard to to go back to full speed uh, when you have this big uh, such a big crash. Uh, so definitely my. My goal when I can go back riding is to 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 improve that. So just to ride more and more fast downhills, try to follow the boys and to try to find that high speed again and to to have some small crashes just to show myself that it's okay <laughs> to crash sometimes and yeah, yeah, you don't have to end up in the hospital. Yeah. So that's the goal. So when the races got cancelled, you were already traveling. On the way back, you landed in Tel Aviv on a completely empty airport where it's normally super crowded. Mm -hmm. So how was yes. your feeling mm -hmm. coming to this airport? Damn, you did such a good research. Good job. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, well, it was super weird because when I when I left, uh, well, first when I was in La Palma, it was 1st of February, I think. And it was already like... Yeah, maybe you should not go because this corona thing. But it was a little bit felt a little bit more like a bullshit and not like a real thing. And then the second trip came up uh, to uh, Portugal for uh, to Lusa for the Fox testing, mm -hmm. and then it became a little bit like a lot more real. And it we already had some sick people, sick people in Israel, um, and yeah, it was like my friends and family was like. Well, just so you know, if you fly, maybe you don't go back soon because maybe they will close the gates of the airport and nobody could get in. And I was like, no, come on, it will be okay. I mean, I cannot start the season without doing the suspension setting after not been riding a proper trail for like since, I don't know, since finale, since yeah. October. So I was like, even if I have to stay in Europe after, I have to fly because I cannot race like that. So yeah, I've been doing that and then my flight got cancelled from uh, Portugal to st sorry from France to Israel because it was Portugal France Israel yeah uh, yeah that's another disadvantage we don't have flights everywhere so I fly a lot of time uh, I have to have a layover somewhere um, and yeah basically I just uh, arrived I had to go through and Netherlands, and then London, and then Israel. Finally, I arrived. Uh, and, like, I think three days after I arrived, it was uh, everyone who arrived from anywhere in the world had to go for two weeks quarantine. Yeah. So I was lucky to be able to not be in full quarantine uh, when I arrived. 
Um, but yeah, it was super weird. Like I never seen the airport like that. Like no line. We were like the only flight at the time that landed. And yeah, Tel Aviv is not a big airport, but normally it's pretty crowded. So yeah, it was super scary in a way, like to, to be careful of this Corona thing that nobody know a lot about it. And yeah, it, it was definitely a strange feeling. And back then there was still supposed to be races in Chile and Colombia. And I was like, damn, if there is races, I don't think I can actually get there mm -hmm. uh, because it looks like they're going to close the the sky in Israel and not going to let any flights go in and out there anymore. Um, so I guess the, the next two weeks were uh, really scary for me because I really wanted to be in top shape for the next two races, but I knew that maybe I cannot even get there. So it was like super strange feeling and... Uh, actually, I was a little bit relieved when the EWS announced that they postponed Colombia and Chile uh, because to me it was already impossible to train and I was like, how can I race in uh, in Chile and to do this 30-minute run after not been riding outside for two weeks, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, to me it was obviously a smart decision and I'm, yeah, happy for the EWS that managed to take this decision at the right time yeah definitely i think it's a super hard decision to um because yeah it's so early yeah. in the year and nobody knows about the corona thing and and what's going to happen so yeah. um but how is the current situation at home for you now and what changed in the last yeah weeks? so so basically for the past months uh there was the rule that you cannot go between 100 meter and 500 meter it changed all, all the time uh from home so, um, well, Israel is not such a big sport country. Uh, there is a lot of people doing sport, but we are not known or the government actually doesn't really care about us, uh, athletes. Um, so, yeah, it was basically not allowed to do sport at all. Um, and then a few days ago, I got a message that uh, top athletes are allowed to do sport. Apparently, enduro or like me, I'm not one of the top athletes because I'm not an Olympic athlete. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was really hard to get that message that it's like, well, 350 Olympic athletes are allowed to do sport outside and basically to train as they need, but not me or not other road pro road riders that are not in the Olympic, um, yeah, like a scholarship or whatever. Yeah. So it was really hard to, to accept that. But then actually today I got a message that starts from Thursday. It's allowed to uh, to go out and ride outside. So I'm super happy and relieved. And uh, there is like now in the past few weeks, there were a few holidays. And today actually starts from this evening is the Memorial Day of... Uh, uh, the soldiers who got who died in the army, and uh, so today is like a sad day. Starts from this evening mm -hmm. until tomorrow is a sad day in Israel, and there is a lot of like memorial um, uh, ceremonies. And then uh, the next day is the um, Independence Day of Israel. Mm -hmm. 
So it's like a big party, but uh, every family has to do it by, by themselves. And we are obviously not allowed to meet other people. Yeah. And after that, we can celebrate our independence and actually go riding. And yeah, I'm really, really, really looking forward to that, to just, yeah, go out road riding, trail riding and just, yeah, to be out and yeah, to be allowed to do what I love. And, and how was your training in the last month? Um, so basically my... Uh, I would say my main routine was so three times a week I was uh, running a little bit and doing and I would call it improvised gym with my uh, brother's girlfriend. So she, they live also here in the village. Um, so we just build some, yeah, like uh, TRX and some, yeah, like Pilates stuff, like uh, balls and stuff like that and just uh, created ourselves a little... Uh, circuit. Uh, so we did about 15 stations for all the body and we did uh, three sets. So it's like about an hour training and about an hour like walking and running. So we did that for three times a week. And then I did about two or three times a week uh, home trainer for about an hour. So yeah, mainly I had between six to 10 hours Uh, uh, 10 hours uh, training a week mm -hmm. um, so I just try to kind of keep a certain shape and to not be in like a big hole after this uh, corona thing ends and yeah I try to do something that keeps me a little bit happy and not yeah to suffer for nothing in a way because it's really hard to as a mountain biker it's really hard to sit on the trainer yeah for for long um although the swift thing is super cool but it's it's just hard to to yeah to not be outside and not have the wind in my face so i do struggle with it but um yeah i just i i also need to do something to feel better because to me it's like to not exercise it's i almost feel sick after after two days of not doing nothing yeah. so I would say I need it for my, I don't know, for my body, for my health. Yeah, I definitely understand that. Yeah, it's same here. Yeah. So we are lucky that we can go outside and make sports, but uh, yeah. still, it's so crazy. So gym is closed and everything is closed. So it's a special time. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, definitely. In a not. But it's good because I had a lot of time to to do some. Uh, gardening <laughs> to make a nice garden to fix my house a little bit to paint the walls so it was super nice in that way yeah it's like things that i never thought i would have time to do and like to hang out with the family a lot that normally i don't have time to see them so it's it's cool in that way for sure yeah in a normal year you're traveling a lot with the gt team and how much it True. benefits you to riding with with these guys I mean, they are so fast and they are the fastest athlete in the world. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so since uh, in 2018, it was my... F what, right? 18, yes. Um, it was my first year with GT Factory Racing. And yeah, in the beginning, I, I didn't know. Honestly, I didn't know anything. And I had to learn so much from them. So it was basically... 
I didn't really know what compression is and all the suspension setting and I didn't really understand all the tire choice and yeah, all that. So I learned all that from the boys, from the mechanics, uh, everyone together, I would say. Back on track. So yeah, to me, I learned a lot from the boys. Uh, I, I would say the first training camp we did, it was in Finale and I was like so depressed because I could not follow them not like maybe for two seconds or like five seconds. And in Israel, I can always ride with the boys and stay on their wheel. Sometimes it's hard to stay with the wheel with their wheel, but I'm always able to. And then suddenly I saw the big... Yeah, I thought I'm just... I don't know how to ride a bike anymore because they were so much faster. And yeah, it took me a lot of time to, to understand that it's just not the same um, pace and just... Uh, the boys are just faster and I need to, yeah, I just need to be, uh, yeah, in my own um, speed. And then now I, I know that they are a lot faster. And every time to me, if I stay with them for like five seconds, 10 seconds or whatever, to me, it's like a, a big achievement. So I try to stay with them as much as I can. And yeah, and then and then I'm happy if I can stay Every time one more second, then it, it makes me happy. So, <laughs> and obviously to see them like jumping above everything and like, yeah, just to follow them, it it teach me a lot. And yeah, I feel really really lucky to have them in my team and to to be able to see how they live and what they do and to just yeah find uh, what I want to embrace and what I want to do. Yeah. So it's it's really it's really cool to have it. You just get faster if you're riding with faster people. Are there any fast Definitely. Are there any fast <laughs> people in Israel you train with? Um yes, definitely. So I actually had a good friend that uh he's he was to he used to be my coach. He had a really big injury and he was like a lot faster than me. I I could not even follow him. Uh just only if he wanted me to follow. Uh, so he got a big injury, so he cannot ride uh, for almost two years now. Mm -hmm. um, but before that, he was like the best partner to have. And I have a few friends from the north that I can ride with. And actually, my boyfriend is a good rider. So he's a good uh, training buddy. And, and it's really good to have someone that like sometimes I'm a little bit better. Sometimes he's a little bit better. So he pushes me in the parts that I'm... I would say less good. Um, so it, it's really nice to, to have that. And yeah, for sure, there are some good, talented uh, guys in Israel. Unfortunately, there are not many uh, women who's riding. And I would really like to, to change that. So yeah, hopefully in the next few years, we'll have more and more girls who can ride fast and that can deal the actual enduro trails that in, in Europe and all over the world. So you, you know so many people around the world. If you have to pick mm. one rider you, you want to follow, who would it be? I guess it's going to be Natalie Schneider because <laughs> it's just a big party to ride with her every time. So to me, it's just... 
uh, yeah, whenever I'm with her, I'm just uh, happy and feel like I'm in a party, even if I suffer. And she kicked my ass on the on the climbing. Normally, I can kick her ass on the downhills, but sometimes she's better. Uh, so, yeah, to me, to ride with her, it's just uh, probably uh, the best. And basically, with all the EWS girls, it's always so much fun. And we try to, yeah, to have always good vibes at the races. And I think it's really, really special to, to have all this bunch of girls racing each other and trying to be the best in the world, but still being such good friends and always helping each other at the races. So, yeah, to me, it's super special and I'm super happy to be part of this great crew of girls. Yeah. Nice. So when everything is open again, what is the race you're looking forward to? I don't know. I guess, I guess Whistler. <laughs> um, I don't know. My, my feeling it's going to be the, the first race. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe in two months we're gonna be in Italy in Canate uh, for the first round that was supposed to be the fourth round. Uh, but my feeling is that it's gonna be a bit too early for everyone, like especially for organizers and for Italy. So my feeling it's gonna be Whistler anyway, um, or maybe the one, the other one in the US. I don't know, but. I think Whistler is super special for me. It's like it's a place that I had in my head for yeah, since I started riding it's always was Whistler is paradise for mountain biking and when I got there first it was like like a kid in the candy store so <laughs> it was like I was overwhelmed and I remember that I, Natalie, the, one of the girls who worked for the EWS, she was asking me, so which races do you want to do out of Crankworks? And I just signed up for everything. <laughs> and then I actually saw that there is crazy girls riding on the pump track. And I was like, okay, I should not do that. And then I was too drunk to race uh, dual slalom. <laughs> and then the only thing I actually managed to do was the EWS race. And after that, I was partying a little bit too much because first time in Whistler. So I think I did only RDH after that. So you can do it when you're a little bit hangover. So that was fine. <laughs> But other than that, I was definitely overwhelmed and... Yeah, I definitely liked every second to be there. Nice. Noga, thanks a lot yeah. for your time and uh, for the nice interview. So we wish you all yeah, the thank best you. for the season and hopefully it will start soon. And then, um, yes. yeah, we will catch up again. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks very much. Bye, Toby.